There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you want to go to rugby heaven? Let's go back to 1987 with Squidge. With Let's go back to 87 with Hello and welcome to the Squidge Opening Ceremony Retrospective Podcast. The only opening ceremony podcast that looks at every opening ceremony from the Rugby World Cup in 1987. Yeah, the, those we, we cover all of them. We, yeah. Did we do one on the 2011 opening ceremony? Uh, we mentioned it in passing because we couldn't find footage of it. So right, we watched... Yeah. We, we, you know, talked about our memories of it. Okay, wasn't it basically just John Key doing backflips and stuff? John Key walked on when... And doing keys of... I am um, going cocaine. to unlock this door now. Right, um, yeah. And they went, wow, what a great metaphor. Then Jonah Lomu danced really awkwardly. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. This. That was, that was a standout this. moment. It was Jonah Lomu dancing really yeah, awkwardly. Yeah, yeah, And it being the moment that you went, oh, he really isn't well, is he? Yeah, bless. But, I mean... Now we're going back to a time when Jonah Lomu wasn't even famous. No, so Jonah Lomu would have been like 10 at this point. Yeah. he Look, he could have been there. Yeah. Who knows? For all we know. So, actually, we'll get on to this. Uh, we are here oh, oh, today. By the way, who are you? I'm probably called Squidge or Robbie or something. I don't know. Yeah. Who are you? You did, said it the other way around this time. Yeah, I know. I'm Owen Will. Thank you. Will you? Look. Will Owen? The, the, that's a question to be answered at a later date. Do you ever get like sick of the fact that you're hanging? Do you ever get sick of the fact that your name could be a question? Uh, yes. Yeah. Do people do that all the time? Yeah. So, uh, no, they don't actually. No. Oh, okay. But so there's. Um, Will they? <laughs> get it? Yeah. So there's um there's a, a UK based indie singer called Will Joseph Cook, right? Which is a really good question. <laughs> Willie, yeah, w- Will Joseph Cook. It no, sounds... like, so I, I saw him live. Mm. At, so I went to Leeds Festival a few years ago. When he was playing, and I, I went just to see if, like, you know, yeah. he had time to make an omelette or something on stage. And sadly, he didn't. He oh, didn't cook. What? He just rubbish. played guitar and sang and stuff. Uh, and like... I saw Kerry Mulligan and Bill Nye in a play called Spotlight, uh, where every evening was like part of like USP of the play was that Kerry Mulligan cooked a bolognese every evening on stage. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty. Good. And so like you could smell it. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was like the USP was like, come and watch Kerry Mulligan make Makes a bolognese. Makes it really realistic. Whilst acting. When you can smell yeah. what's going on in the play. And there'll be spits where like, she has to, you know, stop focusing on her lines because she's trying to cut onions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's know? what a truly great actor does. Exactly. In the 21st exactly. century. Yeah. The, the greatest actors multitask, particularly with bolognese. Exactly. It's, it's the thing that really separates Kerry Mulligan and Adam Sandler. Uh, yeah. Who also, not many people know this, but every single scene of Adam Sandler you ever watch, he's making paella. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he, he's always doing it. You know, not like, quite bolognese. That's why but... you never see him in wide shot, uh, right. because always like it's a close up on him and he's just making a paella. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in the film Spanglish, obviously, you know, because Spanish in it paella. 
Yeah, I was going to say it would have been better if his name was Adam Sandwich and he made a sandwich. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, you're just making things up now. Which is <laughs> you're just making things up that aren't true. Why would you ever do that? I don't Why know. would you ever lie? I mean, th- this podcast is pretty much built on lies, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, none of this actually happened. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the Rugby Cup in 1986? Because there wasn't one in 1987. No, I don't remember because cool. I wasn't born. Okay, so the idea was we were going to talk about, we finally got footage of, we said in the opening episode that we'd love to see footage of the 97 World Cup before the episode... Thank you. Before the episode (laughs) even went out, friend of the pod, Jamie Wall... Psychic friend of the pod, Jamie Wall. Yes, who will be back on later as the World Cup. We're going to have him back on as a guest. Sent us footage of the opening ceremony in full, recorded from New Zealand TV. Thank you, Jamie. You are forever a legend. Thank you very, very much. And congratulations, by the way. Um, Yes. And so... We bring to you this bonus gift of a bonus episode on the 1987 Rugby World Cup opening ceremony, which we have now both watched in full in the last hour. It's really quite spectacular. So it's 40 odd <laughs> minutes word. of a sports presenter basically trying to present something that's got nothing to do with sports, <laughs> yes. which is really entertaining. So the video, and I'll put it on the playlist I've been doing for yeah. every match from this World Cup, if anyone wants to go and watch it, if you're really, really wondering what the point in life is. Look, look, if your doctor tells you you've got 41 minutes left to live, then I recommend going and uh, watching this. I recommend calling your loved ones instead. Yeah. Um, or watch so two episodes of Parks and Rec, maybe. It, and you won't get to finish the last one. Yeah, yeah, you, you get um, just before the credit scene. Which should be really miserable. Yeah. You don't get to say goodbye to Andy make Dwyer. It, I was going to say, make it series one when the episodes aren't as good. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good way to spend your last minute on it. Uh, no, so the, the YouTube video begins with the listings from New Zealand TV <laughs> for that so evening. Good. And it begins by saying, on that evening, after the highlights of... So they've got on, for a block of a few hours, they've got the an hour of build-up in the opening ceremony. They've then got the full game for a few hours. Yeah. Uh, then they've got some other stuff. And then they've got the highlights. Coronation of... Street. Is Coronation on Street's yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, something Street. called Fast Forward was on. Yeah. Not familiar. I noticed but... that, but I didn't Yeah. I didn't know what it was. So no, I should have looked it up. Yeah. And then after that, so they've got two programs in between. They've then got an hour of highlights of the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. That's been on for most of the day. I didn't even clock that was highlights. I assumed that was just the opening ceremony. No, yeah, they're, they're showing the forty-five minutes. They're showing the highlights again for like an hour afterwards. Okay. And then on afterwards is the Exorcist. <laughs> so I love it, their and introduction to this. The the person who's presenting you know, yeah. this this um what do you call it? The kind of like uh the clip in between. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever it is. Just kind of goes we ha- tonight we have Rugby World Cup and then horror. <laughs> and he just shouts the word horror. Yeah. But he says, and my favourite bit is, don't watch it alone. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's it's very vague, you know, yeah. the description of The Exorcist. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't take a lot of description, obviously, The Exorcist. Do you but... know what it's about? Have you seen The Exorcist? Uh, yes, I have. I, I have. think, I think right. so. I can't really remember. Do you know what it's about? Uh, is it about exorcism? It's about an exorcism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'd assumed what had happened was that they were going to show the opening ceremony of the World Cup, then just show the exorcist yeah. instead of the match. Which, to be fair, wouldn't have gone too differently. I'm going to say, the having match. watched the opening ceremony, I wish we were doing a podcast on the exorcist instead. We, it's not too late. Should we do it? Should we do it? Should we do it? Yeah. yeah. To yeah. be fair, there was. I can see the thematic link because there is a bit in this opening ceremony when Wacker Nathan's head turns 180 degrees. <laughs> He's an owl. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of fun to be had out of Waka Nathan's appearance uh, in this so ceremony. The program but... begins, and they do have. I mean, they initially just play some random All Blacks tries from the last five years. Yeah, sure. Um, and also just sometimes random passes. Sometimes a very clearly edited section of the hacker, which is about one yes. second long. Uh, and then they actually do have an intro video, which I, an intro sequence, which I wasn't expecting. Yes, uh, it looks very cheap and very eighties. Yeah, fair play to them for actually knocking it out, making yeah. it. And then they throw to the presenter, right? Yeah. And they only have one guest, yeah. who's Jock Hobbs. Jock Hobbs, yeah. who of course was the All Blacks captain. Very iconic mm. pundit to have in, you know. Was the All Blacks captain about a year before this World Cup, then retired yeah. for injury. You know, pretty sad tale for him. Yeah. Uh, one of the first when they ask him is looking they were well out. though. Yeah, yeah. Jock Hobbs. They ask him they're without, you know, their regular captain, which feels like a bit of a kick in the teeth to him. It does a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I I like that. So they ask him sort of, Mm. how is he? Then they go like, what do you think the All Blacks will be satisfied with? And then he goes, as long as they win, it'll be fine. No, he said, that's not the phrase he uses. He says one point should be sufficient. Yes. Which I thought... Means they lose 4-1. Yeah, exactly. I thought that, you know, they've gone for a drop goal in rugby league. Yeah, I mean, if they managed to score one point in the first ever game of the Rugby Union World Cup. That would be very, very impressive. I think they scored four. Yeah. So, you know, by modern standards, it feels mad. Yeah. Yeah, so they... He says that. He says, yeah, they should just beat Italy, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I don't give a shit. And then they ask him, what do you know about the Italian team? Yes, which is a very nice question. Yes. A very nice way of phrasing it. Just like, basically, do you know, have you heard of the country Italy? <laughs> and he says, well, I was watching television last night and I learned that their captain's a very articulate man. Yeah, yeah. And later on, so they which, throw to... Like, but like, I like that. That's. I wish more pundits were more accurate about the fact that they had looked up everything they know about that team the night before. Yeah. It would teach us a lot. I was going to say, like, imagine if Clive Woodward just said, I literally just Googled who Laurie Lawrence is today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I did not know this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been better. There, there is a point, it's skipping ahead mm. a little bit, but there's a point where they throw to Innocenti, who's the Italian yes. captain, and they sort of ask him, you know, are you looking forward to the game, blah, blah, blah. And his response, so at first he says, oh yeah, I'm very proud, very honoured to be playing in the first ever uh, Rugby World Cup match. And then he goes, we are literally worried for this. We know the power of the All Blacks. I don't know what happens after the match, but I'm looking forward to the game. <laughs> so, yeah, I heard that, and I, I assumed I'd misheard the word worried. And because he's obviously got an accent and he's, yeah, he's not speaking yeah. his first language, he'd said something else. No, but, but you also heard the word worried. Yeah, yeah. He said, we are literally worried. We are literally that was his phrasing. Worried. And it did not show in their performance. Yeah. There was, of course, the moment, as you'll heard in the previous episode, in which the commentator said they all looked terrified in the tunnel, the Italians. Right. Yeah, yeah. With so their maybe own style. That's, yes, that's where they got it from. Yeah. So the ceremony begins. Yes. And the first thing we see in the proper ceremony is the Continental Airlines Brass Band. Um, so, yes. So they are choreographed by Lynette Perry, who they mention offhand and you go, okay. And I tried to Google it. Who is Lynette Perry? Okay. Because I figured they're probably a yeah. big star in New Zealand or something. Right. I discovered... Perry. Yeah. Catherine Hudson is her real name. Yes, of course. So, of course. Um, yeah. Kate Hudson. She's Kate Hudson, who, of course courses in all the Adam Sandler films where uh, he nice. makes play yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every single one so all of them uh, yeah. yeah 
So I tried to look up who she is, who Lynette Perry is. Yeah. And I found three different Lynette Perrys. Okay. Uh, one is a screenwriter okay. who has written one movie. Could be her. Um, yep. That has like one star from two reviews on IMDb. Look, that so, would be a big budget person to choreograph this. Yeah. I think she'd be very good at it from yeah. that review. But that was an option. Seems glowing. I then found someone who went, oh, is this Lynette Perry? And I found that there was a singer from like the 50s. Okay. And I thought like, oh, maybe they... That's still plausible. Know, like as they got older, they went into, yeah. you know, like choreography and dance and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, you know, she was married to someone very high profile. I forget who. Okay, some, okay. like Hollywood person. Sure. And then I looked further. I started maybe adding more keywords Perry and stuff. Maybe it was Matt Perry she was um, She was... She was made of Perry Freshwater. Or, or, or um, Sean Perry. It was, it was Perry Freshwater. Oh, okay. And she forgot how marriage works and how names work. Yeah, yeah. So took his first name. And then divorced um, him after Paul James punched him in the face. Yes. So I then put in some more keywords and yeah. managed to find out who Lynette Perry is. Who the, okay. Lynette, the Lynette, Lynette Perry yeah. who choreographed this dance, who was such a familiar name. They can just say offhand, this is choreographed by Lynette Perry, you know, like sure. the Lynette Perry. Lynette Perry's a man. <laughs> what? Lynette Perry's a man with a moustache. Not what I was expecting. I did not see this coming. Lynette Perry is a bloke in his 50s with a moustache. Okay, fair play. That that You know what, if you'd asked me which of those, and that's just off the, yeah. the descriptions you've given me, including the third one's being a man with a moustache, yeah. I would have said he was the least likely to choreograph yep. this. Out of the Lynette Perry's. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, out come this brass band. Yes. The, the Continental Airlines brass. Yes. Uh, who, it turns out, were the winners of the New Zealand Brass Band Championship the yep. week before. The week before. I, th- I think he said so, the week before. So they booked them one week's notice. I think something like that. I'm pretty sure he said it was very recent yeah. that they had this, that the New Zealand Brass Band Championship, which I can imagine was pretty intense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Massively, especially in 1987. Yeah. You absolutely. Know, you look at like by 2011 how little else there was to do in New Zealand. Yeah. Imagine it in 87. So it's a a 30 person b- uh, band that mm. they have out, uh, and you know they they they're quite nice. They're quite talented. You know, yeah. and they they do they do uh, a few moves. Uh, you know, that, well, it's described by this the, this very much a sports presenter saying, "Now you're going to enjoy the band doing a variety of things." <laughs> yes. They keep coming back as well to the fact you're going to enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, Said yeah. Almost as a threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are going to enjoy this. That That is how, what he says. Not, I hope you enjoy this or anything yeah. like that. And obviously there's points where this. he has to fail and he realises, well, they've just been listening to, you know, the sports crowd have just mm. been listening to, to brass music for the yeah. last five minutes. I have to step in and try and break this up and keep them engaged. At which point he'll just go, there's more brass happening, pretty much. And, uh, <laughs> so he then says, trumpet. So at one point there's a bit of a pause and he says, a selection of moves and numbers. <laughs> yes. That you I think he says that so, you're going I'm sure you're going to enjoy. I'm sure you're going to enjoy. They're, they're absolutely going to enjoy it. So this ticks on and on and on, you know, you've got this kind of brass band going on, yeah. right? And they, you play, get... they play Sailing by Rod Stewart at one point. <laughs> <They do. laughs> Which keep, is a tune. Really they, good song. They keep going, they keep going, they keep going, right? And you're watching a lot of this brass band. And then they get to the end of their brass band performance and they, they commentators and so on go what a magnificent performance by that brass band. You think, finally, I haven't got to watch a brass band. <laughs> and they go, we're going to introduce the second performers, the second act of this opening ceremony of the inaugural Rugby World Cup. And they come out, and wouldn't you know it, it's another brass band. Who aren't as good as the previous <laughs> who aren't one. aren't as good as the previous one. They were like, came third. 
third in the New Zealand yeah, Brass sure, Band sure. tournament because they couldn't even get number two. But what's so what's great about this is they come on and they stop performing for a little bit and they really lose the audience. Yeah. And so clearly they then send out the next act well, early. Look, they look, 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 look. They've just heard the best. They don't want to hear anyone else. True, it's very true. But no, so I'm sorry. So, so the the second brass band come out right after we've just gone through nine minutes of a previous brass band they send out another brass band and about two minutes into watching that brass band the commentator says of course we are currently still at the start of what of their routine which had another six minutes to run yes. yeah, yeah yeah at which point i thought to myself i started this podcast because i like watching rugby <laughs> Did not sign up to watch and pay attention to because I know I'm going to have to talk about almost 20 minutes of brass bands in a field in New Zealand in 1987. With about 20 people watching them. <laughs> there is, there is. There's about 500 people in. Yeah, who have turned in up at this Eden point. Park. As, and, you know, we will remind you, this was about 2 o'clock on a Friday. It was 2 p.m. on a Friday. Yeah. 2 p.m. on a Friday. There were uh, two brass bands back to back. So, of course, the second, uh, mm. or I guess, you know, if you count the two brass bands separately, the, the next well, no, bit of entertainment... No, you've oh, missed this, right? Because the first brass band come back out. Oh, do they? They join together as like a Megazord brass band. Oh, wow. Which is momentarily exciting. That's, that's like I... New Zealand's answer to Mokebusters. Exactly. Right there. <laughs> Look, I reckon the people in New Zealand were desperately waiting for this, right? Yeah, for yeah. years, they were watching the, New the Zealand... The judges bra- of the Brass Band Championship they were, were relieved when that happened. Oh, because there'd been massive beef a, going on here. Yeah, yeah, you a know. collab is Massive, imminent, classic but, New Zealand beef. Yeah. Um, between, yeah. But people have been crying out for this, you know, for New Zealand's number one male-only brass band and New Zealand's number one female-only brass band, right? And a number two is, I presume, Mick. And they went finally together, as you say, a collab. It was... Honestly, like enough to bring a tear to the eye. Yeah, I mean, I um, didn't even clock. It was a tear of of tedium, but all the <laughs> a, a same, a tear of complete neutrality. Was, yes, <laughs> it was tier two to put it back in rugby parlance. Nice. So the next uh, bit of entertainment mm. was the twenty Auckland gymnasts. Yes, which uh, I don't know. There were a lot of other performers that came out, but I kind of lost track oh. of because he, he listed exactly how many no, performers I mean, there were from everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, field. the other thing that the sorry, the second brass band do yeah. uh, is at one point they form into the shape of a clock and oh, they slowly yeah. work round, which is yeah. a really good way of visually representing the amount of my time I'll never get back. <laughs> they really should have played the countdown theme song at that point. They really That's, should have. Or similar. Is, I, t- I tell you what, that just etches out Coldplay for my favourite clock-related tune. Which is? As in the countdown theme tune. The countdown theme tune is by Coldplay? No, but the second one would be Clocks by Coldplay. I right. was making a joke. Okay, mine is the clocks. music from Tick Tick Clock on Mario 64. Oh, that's a pretty, that's a bit of a banger the to be dun- fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got that little ticking bit in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. And it, cha- it slows down or speeds up depending what on what What about uh, the mysterious the ticking is. noise by Potter Puppet Pals? It's pretty great. It's pretty good. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, what about the band Clocks? Is there a band There's called There's a Clocks? band called Clocks. Oh, okay. They released, like, I think two EPs in like, 2006, and they're both uh, pretty, pretty good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this is a podcast about clocks and this music is... surrounding clocks. There's a band called The Clockworks from Ireland. Yeah. yeah. We're not allowing anything about time or anything, are we? It's no, got to be clock-based. It's got to be clock-based. Entirely clock-based. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure there's loads more. Yeah. But I also want to point out that the brass band at one point seemed to form into an Illuminati symbol. <laughs> <laughs> which... I, I didn't see um, this. Which 
I mean... Powerful statement from the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> yeah. The first thing we ever saw at the Rugby World Cup was two straight brass bands forming an Illuminati signal. And that, to me, says that... That's um, unity, if ever I've seen that, it. That, that to two me... Two brass bands coming together. Says, values, man. It says to me that Harry Williams is right and we should all join Exeter Chiefs. Yeah. So, sure. sorry. So, yeah, the, the 20 Auckland <laughs> gymnasts come out. Yes. And then... So there's the 20 Auckland gymnasts and the 25 Auckland cheerleaders, mm. which feels like a gymnastic battle of the bands because they're each stood on the opposing 22-metre yeah. lines and just doing backflips and throwing pom-poms <laughs> and shit. Like... So they're stood in a straight line, yeah. and they show this in a wide angle, right? Rather than Both the very of... talented groups of people, by the way. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, we should add as well, they're like 14. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they looked young, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very, very talented sure both sides. absolutely i mean there is one girl at one point who goes to a forward role and messes it up massively oh really and it's thankfully no one will be talking about this and watching this back in 30 years time. sure yeah, um, yeah it's fine yeah but they show it in wide angle and it looks so unimpressive in a wide shot oh, which man. is how everyone in the crowd would have seen it yeah yeah which is unfortunate because i have no doubt that that would have been you know a very finely perfected it's so, art it's they just line them up in a in a straight line pretty much along the 22, and have them do some moves that aren't really timed to the music. Sure, yeah, yeah. And you go, these are individually impressive bits of things the human body can do. Yeah, yeah. But. Well, th- I mean, it's funny you mention the music. It's not funny you should mention it. It's, it's very important, actually. Mm. So they have this music playing in the stadium over the, the PA, and somebody clearly accidentally pressed a button, which also played this really dramatic drum beat over the top of it, <laughs> which really threw everybody off. Mm. Because you can hear like a kind of heartbeat-style drumming sound in the background. And I think a plane flying near the stadium, so you get this well, drone sound in the background. So we know why we we learn why the plane was flying by in the stadium later, right? It says, "Oh yes, because of the skydivers," which we'll get onto. Yes, um, because the gymnasts also form into a massive. Oh no, so it's the. Sorry, this is back to the... I'm mixing all of this up, because right, it's all okay, the same yeah, yeah. shit. Oh, is it the M? The M. The M symbol. The M. So to they, commemorate their old so they, commander. To commemorate uh, Errol Mason, okay. uh, who was the founder of the brass band, you know, sure, who yeah. died a few weeks before the World Cup. Stick with us, by but, the way. <laughs> yes. But it looks like a tribute to Mario. Oh my and god, probably you're right. the tick-tick clock. That's a um, good point. But, so... When they're doing this massive tribute to Mario, I couldn't help but think that to everyone on the other end of the stand, it's a W. Oh, yeah. And therefore... I didn't even think about that. Therefore, they're doing a tribute to their late band leader, Errol Wayson. <laughs> or Wario. Wario. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I didn't even, didn't even think about yeah. that. The M is quite an inconvenient letter. It's a really bad letter. They could have done E. His first name began in an E. Because it's not obvious that that's what M stands for. No. I kind of had to put together like Errol Mason. Oh, M for yeah. Mason. His second well, name. Well, no, it's all, it was also because uh, he ran the organisation that the Kiwi James Bond worked for. <laughs> I, was, I was literally about to make a James Bond joke. So that's very good. Yeah. You know, very good tribute to Judy mm. Dench that they're putting out there. Yes. Yeah. Just what she deserved. The Kiwi James Bond is pretty much just the Red Power Ranger, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Dan Carter in the Red Power Ranger outfit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm glad we've established that. Should we get on to the skydivers? Because that was the next bit of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. 
So I just put skydivers, okay, in my notes to start with. So they all descend from a plane to the sounds of Jump by Van Halen. <laughs> Which is not on the nose at all. No, not at all, of course. Um, but my favourite bit about that was the commentator timed him saying they're going to jump to just before the song played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was frankly clearly a fluke but he must have been so happy yeah, with that yeah thinking oh this is a great bit of comic timing by me so then they mysteriously get somebody else in who clearly must be an expert in skydiving mm. who this this commentator presenter guy yes. suddenly starts asking they questions said, so to, such as where are these skydivers from <laughs> and he just kind of goes i don't know i guess they're from auckland <laughs> he said and, have, did you notice that everybody at this whole ceremony is from auckland <laughs> yeah they didn't go and very far. He constantly keeps going like, so, where's this guy from? Auckland, I guess. So, it was Robert something. I didn't bother rewinding. Right, yeah, yeah. But I, so he was the former captain of the New Zealand skydiving team. Okay, yeah. Um, very knowledgeable on skydiving. Yeah. And and he's also a bit of a chatterbox, if I might say so myself. And so, I thought I would invite him along as a guest on oh, this podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought perhaps you, in particular, yeah. could have a chat to... Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, here he is. If you could just come, come in. in. Just come Hi, in. Rob. Just come in. How Hold are you, on. mate? You're going to have to push back P-Money if you can come in on the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You. Shut the yeah, door right. behind you if that's all right. right. We've yeah. got uh, only one person yeah. with Rob on the birth certificate policy yeah. in here, so I'm going to have to leave. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello? Just, oh, hey, Rob. How you doing, man? I'm... Okay. Yeah, my, I mean, the, my first question for you, Rob, is um, how did you get here? Plane. A, a plane, okay, okay. Where's that plane currently? Airport. Okay, so did you get out of the plane once it had landed, or did you descend onto our house? I, I did get out of the plane, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, that doesn't really answer my question, though. Did you get out of it when it was still airborne, or uh, when it was on the floor? Uh... The plane had landed when I departed. Okay, okay. I think you should ask him some pretty open-ended questions. Okay. Because uh, as we saw during the coverage, they would ask him questions like, again, okay, like, uh, I've got are you really question. proud of this team? And he'd just say, yes. Okay, I've got, I've got a good one. Yes. What's skydiving? A sport. Thank you for joining. You know what? You know what? Have you got any um, This is for pee money while you're here? I think he's a spent force. Very wise words, Robert. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Thank you, thank you. We might get you back in a future episode. If you, if you basically just over there on the other side of the room, mm. you'll see a bunch of lawyers all mm. in suits and sunglasses. We started out with about 16 of them. I think we're up to we're somewhere in the 40s with them now. So if you want to stand with them, you could get a law degree if you stand with them for long enough and you could become one of them. So uh, if you want to go join those guys, you can stay there for the rest of eternity. I've got plenty of skydiving to do. Okay. Uh, but I do really want to meet Carly Ray Jepsen, so I'll say hello to them. Okay. Th- thanks, Robert. On your way out, could you let Robert no, to come back in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, th- thank you. Thank you to uh, Robert Skydiverman um, yeah. for that insightful interview. I, uh, I did really is... enjoy in this coverage like how just sheerly unenthusiastic he was about skydiving for somebody who <laughs> knows so much about skydiving. Because they're asking him, like, okay, like, for, for people who are into rugby mm. who won't know about skydiving, you know, because, you know, I'm quite interested to hear him talk yeah, about, yeah. like, what these skydivers have been through to practice for this event. And they're sort of saying, you know, like, so obviously it looks quite simple to watch on television, but, like, how hard would these guys have practiced to be here? And he just kind of goes, like, uh, yeah, they're, they're quite good. <laughs> He'd, yeah, he'd just say something like, 
they train regularly. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we should have given this background in full before we had him on the guest. Yeah, um, probably. Basically, he was the world's most boring man, and he would give, like, mono-word answers sure. to every question he was asked. Yeah. So, the thing we've missed about the skydivers, mm. so... Each skydiver they, came down wearing a different team's kit. Yes. Was kind of the idea that it was like an introduction, a parachute into the World and Cup. And they had a target set up in the middle, <laughs> and uh, the country that came closest was supposedly the winner. The first country to come down is Canada, yeah. um, who hits the edge of the target, falls over, and screws the whole thing up. But So Canada landed like pretty much on the yeah, target. Yeah. And then the parachute covered the rest of the target. So everybody else was suddenly just trying to avoid this Canadian. And just going around the rest of the stadium. And everyone was just landing in different places. So they pretty much nailed it on the first one. And then no one else got anywhere near. The second one down is the Argentine. Who lands just next to the target and looks so pissed off with himself. Also, he's furious. So he was the one they did a close-up on. Mm. And it was the most Kiwi-looking man I've ever (laughs) seen in an Argentine jersey. Yeah. He didn't, and it was quite clear that everyone in the ceremony is from Auckland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As, and uh, again, they asked uh, our fr- friend of the pod, mm. Rob Skydiverman, and he he, he did stress he asked, just, well, I, I guess they're from Auckland. Yeah, well, the presenter asked, are they all from Auckland? He said, yes, they're all from Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it seems like a great idea, them having someone skydive in from each country, right? But yeah. the thing is, having 16 people safely skydive in sequence into quite a small area is a really unsafe thing to do and takes a lot of time logistically. I spent so much time thinking, what if somebody collides? Like, yeah. What if it goes badly? Like, So the whole thing ends up taking so long. Yeah. Because you need to wait for a couple of minutes for them to reset and sure. get a plane round and send the next skydiver down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they can't all come down at once. They can send out like two at once at most. At least they didn't do it. You know that, that time when they sent a skydiver into the sevens to deliver the yes. match ball that came in early? <laughs> it came in the extra during time the game. At the semi-final. Um, so, whilst they're trying to fill for time, yeah. right, whilst we're sat there going... Hold on, what are we filling the time with whilst we're waiting for skydivers? Sure. They throw over to uh, some important people from the Junior Rugby Union sat in the crowd, and then they go over to one guy who is wearing a massive Union Jack everywhere and looks like that. Yes. Quick from Twickenham. Yeah, and, I'm glad you recorded um, this because I was going to pull this I up. I recorded what the commentator says. What about this fella? Look at him. He enjoying himself. Surrounded by children so young. Look so- at that fella. Isn't he enjoying himself? Surrounded by children so young. Which is a sketchy sentence as it is. The, the people who surrounded by, I would guess, are about 12 or 13. Yes. So the thing that's striking about those children isn't their youth. It's just kind of like, you know, these kids are probably veering yeah. on teenage years. But I know that that's not what we're, we're pulling up here. It's that fella, first and foremost. Yes. So he looks like... The, the, you know that guy who comes out at Twickenham with the flag? Yeah, the exactly. Time? I was about to mention Was that him? who yeah, you yeah. thought it yeah. was? Like, no, I don't think it was No, no, I don't think it was. it looks like him. Th- that was my immediate thought. Was yeah. like, they're definitely like somehow distantly related to something, <laughs> yes. those two fellas. So yeah, this fella, and you know, they didn't pretend to know who it was. They're just like, but we've got to talk about him. This <laughs> yeah. fella looks really happy surrounded by a, a, a specifically very young children, <laughs> which make him happy, because... this fella. Look, there are some people that if you say, look at them, they look really happy to be around children, don't seem like nonsense. That guy, bless him, I'm sure he's a really lovely guy, is not one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Because the moment you put him around more than one child, you assume he's a paedophile. And look, I have one of those faces, I'm sure. 
you know, I've been assured. On Twitter this evening, this very evening is very true. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Um, You're a really nice guy. He's probably listening to this. He probably is. Well, he, he listened to Blood and Mud when Just he was talking spite. about how much he hated them yeah. enough that he listens to them. He's a man from Northern Ireland who is pretending to be a woman from Northern America. Yeah. And he is a massive fan of just defending sex crimes. So he probably actually loved this guy. Yeah. He probably is he this is. guy. Yeah. Whoa. Maybe this is Sam from Northern Ireland wearing his big Union Jack everywhere. <laughs> that would have gone down well in Northern Ireland in the 80s. Yeah, well, he seems... <laughs> He seems like a contrarian. Maybe that's, so. maybe that's why he's in New Zealand, because he had to flee away. Look, let's face it. This guy is from Auckland. <laughs> yeah, everyone is from Auckland. I mean, yeah, he must have just cropped the New Zealand flag really badly. Yeah. So they keep, you know, the, the all of them keep coming down. All the skydivers keep coming down. Yeah. None of them can hit the target because that bloody Canadian. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Then they eventually all finish, they all get done, they bring on a load of school children, each one representing a randomly selected World so, Cup nation. Yeah, yeah. This is so it's like an Olympic style flag yeah. parade where they get everyone to go around. But instead of the Olympians or or, or for example the squads, yeah. it's New Zealand Cub Scouts. <laughs> yeah. Who they just send round each of them to bearing all a different look flag. Just a little bit befuddled, you know. Yeah. Apart from, weirdly, the kids with the Welsh flag who look so happy. Yeah, they look really into they it, look don't they? They look so yeah, happy. Yeah. They look like they're surrounded by children. <laughs> so young. Yeah, so that that goes on. And they all just kind of stand there and look. Again, they line them all up and they go, hooray, and that's it. Yeah. At which point, the announcer then says, some of you might be aware that there is currently a very popular band out there called... Europe. ZZ Top. Yeah. No, he says there's a very popular band out there called Europe. And I don't think there's any better way than for them to introduce this next segment. And I went out loud, holy shit. Like, I have the word what written on my notes because I thought the band Europe were going to come out and play the opening ceremony of the 1987 World Cup. Then the speaker system starts up and they play the final countdown. So... I, I checked. The final countdown was one year old. At right, this point. okay. So it was like a current hit. Yeah. And th- I mean, I found this very entertaining because all I could think of throughout this whole... So they get cheerleaders to do this really, you know, well-rehearsed dance to yeah, the final yeah. countdown. For and the actually, that's, that's, the the wor- that's the best rehearsed dance. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all of them, that is the strongest and one. And yet... All I could think of for that whole performance are the many scenes in Arrested Development where Job is really badly doing <laughs> magic to the soundtrack of the final countdown. Yes. And that's all I could think of was, was that somebody was about to not appear out of the, the you know bottom of a casket or something. That's all I could think of the whole time. And also the crowd were loving it. The, the crowd, crowd were like, going wild and constantly cheering. I don't know if they just really loved the song, like because obviously it well, was clearly a hit at the it time. It was one year old, which meant it got to New Zealand about two weeks before the World Cup. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and like it's a well choreographed dance. Like as it I say, that is the one yeah. way you go. Like oh, that's that's impressive. That's yeah, a good absolutely. dance. Absolutely. Uh, as a professional dance critic myself, yes. Um, but this is all just the introduction. So this is the final countdown, man. Yeah, and we need. Something to play rugby with now. Of course, somebody does go, uh, uh, it's the final countdown to the World Cup, of course. Yeah. At one point, the commentator guy. Yes, carry on. So we need something to play rugby with, right? Because they can't have Rugby World Cup without a rugby ball. Instrument, yes. Yes. And the commentator begins to tell us 
that we have a very special match ball. But he, he claims then that they've been building up like the whole program yeah. for like this mystery man who's going to come out with the match ball, which they hadn't yet <laughs> they mentioned. Hadn't. They hadn't. This hadn't it's come like, up at we're all. We're finally going to find out this this mystery guest who's carrying the match ball. So, oh, there's a mystery guest who's carrying the match ball. Cool. <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, I know you're all on the edge of your we, seats, lads. We find that. We find that out as we see the person running out. Yeah. So we can already see the back of their head by yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. But before getting onto that, he introduced the ball itself, right? Yeah. And much as we mentioned in the previous episode, where they they brought in the coin that they'd used in the game in 1926, yeah. they said, the commentator says, this ball has come all the way from, he then leaves a dramatic pause and says, Auckland Airport. <laughs> well, he then throws away, oh, it's come from London from there, but... I'm just uh, keep talking. I'm but just also, check how long that takes to get from Auckland. <laughs> oh, it's a long flight. It's a long. Oh, Auckland Airport. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So <laughs> it's taken a short hop, and also they've just flown the ball over from London, which is where they make Gilbert balls anyway. That's not very impressive. <laughs> the fact that they've flown this one ball over, but we don't know. <laughs> it's a twenty-three minute drive. <laughs> They do keep it local. All these skydivers are from New Zealand. From Auckland. From the greater Auckland area. <laughs> According to the official maps. I, uh, Apple Maps app. I have learnt so much these last two hours about Auckland and its entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> or lack thereof. Indeed. Yes. I can't wait to go and see some brass bands in Auckland. Yeah, man. I wonder who's winning the, the championships this year. I know. This is, a pr- this is old I'm news. This am really eager to see it. Yeah. It's a shame they didn't basically just revamp this for the 2011 there, version. Do yes. like a remake. There has to be a documentary on the brass band competition. Oh, there must be. There has be. to be out yeah. there. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's not, we'll make one. Yeah. And um, if we find it, we might. Do, we should do a special Patreon episode we about absolutely the should. New Zealand brass band competitions a few years ago uh i went to the cinema for a friend of mine who you know i often you know i like to see films at the cinema yeah i've often seen virtually everything that's on yeah and on this occasion i've seen everything the cinema we were at was showing for my friend you know so you know so occasionally uh i've got a friend and i said well i've seen every film that's on except for this one i've got no idea what it is but i know it's called pecking order okay right i'll say it would be the exorcist but carry on yeah 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 no i that it wasn't on because no. it was uh, not like the 1970s. Fair enough. It came out. But it's good though because you wouldn't have been watching alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, horror! So yeah, so I said the only film I haven't seen is this film Pecking Order, uh, which I've got no idea what it is, but you know, we could see that and he kind of went like, oh, you know, or we could see like bloody Avengers Endgame or whatever else was on, you know, that like people actually wanted to see something good. And I kind of went, oh, you know, I quite like, you know, it's the only thing I haven't seen. And he went, oh, fair enough, you know, so let's go and see this film, Pecking Order. Sure. And we got about five minutes into the film, and I had to turn to him and say, I'm really sorry that I've taken you to see a documentary on the New Zealand competitive chicken farming scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Were there any ex-All Blacks in the film? Do you know? Um, so there is a moment in it, right? Where the there's a guy who's like in his sixties. Insert Gareth Anscombe joke here. <laughs> there's chicken. a oh, nice. I need to play for the obliques. Yeah. Um, so there's a moment uh, in which this old guy who's been like competing in the chicken farming thing for years mm. says, you know, a lot of people don't take this competitive chicken farming seriously. This here is a bit of a joke, but to me, winning this chicken farming competition is like winning the ITM Cup. Oh my god. <laughs> 
I was expecting you to say the Rugby World Cup and no. keep it on brand. But... So he says the ITM Cup, which is really interesting to me. Because that, that is the fourth tier competition you yeah, could win. Yeah, yeah. Right, so he's saying it's not like winning the World Cup. That's too far. <laughs> it's like winning National <laughs> It's one. not like winning the Rugby Championship. Mm, that's fine. It's not like winning Super Rugby. It's like winning the next competition down. Yeah. Which is, you know, still big news. I'd be oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cup. So would but, I. You know, uh, the thing is, I don't know much about chicken farming. So, yeah. yeah so I presume he me. must have higher up chicken farming competitions he wants to go into. Yeah. Like, there's a chicken farming competition containing the best of Australia, South Africa yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, Maybe Argentina. There's, there, as I say, there's one Argentine chicken that they just keep flagging around and flying from country yeah. to country. Yeah. <laughs> they have to drive him from Auckland Airport all the time. Frankly. Tough competition with France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, France are the world champ. France, yeah. are, you know, they keep playing France in finals. Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was the whole problem because all these South African chickens decided to leave recently. You know, they they want to go free range. It was a huge controversy. But you know, everyone seems better for it. Everyone seems quite happy. Absolutely. Um, chicken farming out of Roa was a big hit last yeah, year. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. After all, the chickens had to self isolate for a little bit <laughs> in their coops. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were given solitary confinement in the battery farm, yeah. um, which is actually better for them. You know, yeah. they produce better quality eggs. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm not only expecting on dance, but also chicken farming. So, they bring out the mystery guest. Yes. And do you want to reveal to us who the mystery guest is? So, the mystery guest was the <laughs> aforementioned former All Black Whacker Nathan. Mm. So, he won 14 caps for the All Blacks. I checked this. Uh, that sounds so unimpressive now. Yeah. But it, was back it seemed in the like 60s. he was a very well-respected all-black, yeah, yeah. you know, from the, between the 60s and the 70s, uh, like a Nathan. But he also uh, yeah, played... I don't know much about him. He also know. went on a handful of tours, and so he played games against, sure. like, Bridge End and the Bar Bars and so on. Yeah, yeah. And then they throw to a highlight, and they try to pick out one moment from his career that was most iconic and best summed it up. <laughs> and... The highlight they choose is from a, bar- a game between the All Blacks and the Barbarians. Yes. And so, so, I mean, it's pretty good because you look at it and the first player in shot is Gerald Davis. Mm. And Gareth Edwards gets the ball from Gerald Davis at one point. And you think, okay, this is prestigious, you know. Yeah. He, played, he played against this Barbars team with Gerald Davis, Gareth Edwards and so on in it, you know. I think JPR might have been in there mm. as well. Maybe Phil Bennett, you know. A lot, a lot of these Welsh legends and... You know, presumably, you know, you don't hear much on the commentary. David but... Duckham, Andy Irvine, let's get them all in there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, you know, so... John Paul clearly... in England's captain. Yes. It's it's a, a prestigious team that, mm. that's playing and you think, okay, this is exciting. So it starts off, Gerald Davis makes a break and an offload and then the Barbars lose the ball near the all-black try line mm. and somebody scoops the ball up and passes to Wacken yeah. and you think, oh my God, he's going to go the distance here. This is the clip they're showing. Yeah. Like... 15 years later, yeah, yeah, as, like as the highlight heart. of an all-black legend's career, as the finest moment of his career. Yeah. As I say, you think he's going to he's gonna do something really spectacular here. He throws a, a nice pass to the winger, who runs down and passes to somebody else, who I don't know who it was, who then passes back to the winger, who kicks it over for a 22 dropout. <laughs> no, so- hold on, hold on. He passes it at the floor. Wait, I thought he received the pass from the he floor. He throws the pass on the floor. Oh, wait, yes, the winger scoops... Has the, scoop the winger up, scoops like, it up off his toes. Yes, you're right. So he throws an offload. So, Not a nice one, but so an offload. The, the highlight of his career, right, Or is what they've chosen to be, to in, be the highlight of his in, career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the clip they've chosen is in his own 22, he's, he gathers a pop pass and throws the ball at his winger's toes, who then, as you say, passes to someone else 
runs a bit of the way and kicks it for a 22 meter dropout. Yeah. So it's, he kicks it into the Ingol area. It is grounded by the barbarians. Because mm. you, see, you see him kick it and think like, fair play, if he gets around his man here, that's a hell of a finish. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I kind of sc- looked up and scanned thinking, where's Nathan? Because Nathan's going to come in from off screen and dive and finish this spectacularly. Yeah, yeah. Nathan is not in shot. Nathan is not so there. So they, they, they ju- they've just shown the All Blacks doing a quite nice move to get downfield. It's a nice move to get downfield to force a 22 dropout as the highlight of this man's career. This big mystery guest who's come out with the rugby ball for the first ever Rugby World Cup match. And they've gone, well, he once did a pass that led to a 22 dropout in an uncapped international. He once did a really shite pass against the Barbarians. Yeah. That's what we're showing. Sure. Um, Can you tell how hard we're clinging onto the only scrap of rugby we got in this 40 minutes? Right. But, you know, as I say, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt but, yeah, because, sure. you know, they got downfield and didn't score a try. Like, if it led to a try, mm. it would be understandable because it's like, even if the pass wasn't great, yeah, yeah. he got it into the space. Exactly. You know? And that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. oh, he kickstarted this famous try or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I Which realized, is fair enough, you yeah. know, when it's something like that. Because there's there's definitely moments where you celebrate players with moments like that, you know? Sure. But it's like giving... Peter's after toy sole credit for Cheslin Colby's try in the World Cup final if Cheslin Colby didn't actually score it. Sure, yeah, yeah, if he ran into touch. If Cheslin Colby ran into touch, but he went, well, Peter's after toy gave him the ball. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a forward pass as well. Yeah, yeah. Then you're going, it's on par. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, either way, an incredibly unimpressive piece of footage, needless yes. to say. They then cut back to him and it started absolutely pelting it down with rain. With the weather having been really lovely up While until then. While he's doing then. his lap of the pitch. Yeah. To wave to all the fans. With and he suddenly, you know, what they say, he's 47, right? Like, he looks 60s. I don't know, man. He's still in pretty good shape. He's in point. good shape, but his hair's gone yeah. completely grey and his face is starting to age. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I checked this. So mm. he sadly died last month, uh, oh, age man. 81. So... He had a good innings, you know, Uh, but, you know, he he looked in very good shape. And they did say like, so the commentator says at one point, Wacker Nathan still looking very sharp. Uh, He's grown a bit in the belly area, but otherwise looking, looking very much like he did in his all black days, which is an interesting sentiment. But yeah. Yeah. The the commentators call him fat. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So... Uh, they, they then talk more about uh, people from Auckland. Yes. That's, that's a pretty hot topic at, on, uh, in this opening ceremony. Hey, give the people what they want, because the people are from Auckland. Right? And then... Invariably. My favourite part of this... So... Right, yeah, okay. Are, are you going to play the clip? I mean, I can do. There's a lot of it to get through. There's a lot of it to get through. But it's because he talk. So they they bring up the... President of the World Cup bid or something. Yeah, the chairman of Rugby World Cup Limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has done a lot of work to get the Rugby World Cup off the ground, all thanks to Mark Durden Smith's dad. Of course. Um, And he then begins talking, right? And the thing that becomes immediately obvious is he hadn't written his speech until that morning. (laughs) Because he begins it by saying, so I was looking at my hotel room at 7am this morning. Yes. Should I play the clip? I've, I've got sure, it available sure. to me, so okay. Uh, we'll play a couple of minutes, if that. We'll start. We'll clip. start it, and we'll. Sir David and Lady Beatty, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, just before seven a.m., as I looked out to the right from my room in the South Pacific, down over Custom Street, 
to the Keys beyond, the ship which had burst at a time when the teams from all... This sounds like the start of an Ivor Cutler poem. <laughs> it does, it does. All over it's the world surreal. flew into Auckland. It slipped its moorings and was gently nudged by its tugs into the channel to set forth on a new journey. I went to quite a lot of shit local grassroots poetry nights when I was in uni. And this sounds like the absolute bottom tier shit you'd get. Like, it's it's quite extraordinary, his need to use flowery language out of nowhere sure. when he could just write anything. As I look Here we go. Left, this is my favourite bit. The Air yeah. New Zealand build. Two white pigeons <laughs> flew off from a ledge on the 16th floor. <laughs> In this... Okay, so, I want everyone listening at home to try and work out where this is going. So, my, my first thought was just, are you Will Greenwood? <laughs> He's too coherent to be Will Greenwood. But it totally feels like a piece of commentary from Will Greenwood, where he starts saying, oh yes, you know, I looked out of my bedroom window this morning at 7am, and I, and and then a load of other stuff, and then he mentions the two pigeons about two minutes in, when you've forgotten what the hell he was on about in the first place, and you try and think, okay, Rugby? What about this rugby world what is that cup? Coming you're, in? You're, like, you know for a fact that mm. in the next two minutes, he is going to say the sentence: "I declare rugby world cup 1987 open." Yeah. It's like, how are you going to get to that point? <laughs> how are you getting how, there? Like, we've, we get it. You've got to the pigeons bit. What's what's the catch? What are you going to work back round? Pigeons. To get back onto this crucially round, this, uh, this spherical ball thing over on the 16th floor. Yes. Very clear to that. Yeah, Two yeah. pigeons on the 16th white floor. Pigeons. Two yeah. white pigeons on the 16th floor, yeah. which does sound like a rap album. Yeah. Um, it does not. P-Money. So he was talking before that about, what was it like, the tub and his rub. Yeah. He's tugging like his rub and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, uh, Which sounds like a euphemism for wanking. I'm going to read out my notes I was writing as I was listening here. Okay. Is he talking about wanking? <laughs> He's totally talking about wanking. He's talking about, wait, what? Pigeons on the 16th floor. <laughs> you better not kill the groove. It's <laughs> a hell of a kitchen disco. There's two pigeons invited. And a 60-year-old man from Rugby World Cup Limited wanking in the corner. We're going to burn this goddamn house right down. <laughs> we should. We should. That's so. So I know. I think we need to play the next part of his speech, where he describes why he thinks, why he thinks telling an international audience at what has gone on to become the third biggest sporting event in the world, <laughs> the inaugural one, a moment that will be revered throughout rugby history, and he knew would be no matter what. Why he thought seeing two pigeons on the roof from his hotel room that morning was interesting. I want you to let him tell us why. City of sales. These seem to me to be friendly omens. The 16th floor symbolising the 16 nations participating in this inaugural World Cup. So he's just described the number 16 for us. 16. 
And that vessel, leaving such a historic wharf, signaling the high hopes and justifiable expectations of all of us who wish this tournament well. The spirit of joy and enthusiasm so clearly manifested by our young participants, who we thank for their splendid efforts, will today... I just want to... I can't... We can't... We can't keep going without picking up on... So... It's got massive. I haven't done my homework. Energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Writing about any old bullshit in front of it. Uh, so it's got massive stoner energy. Yeah, which was, is a so boring point to what make. What I wrote down is that this fella has the energy of a guy who puts capital letters at the start of all nouns, <laughs> of every sentence. Like it's always yeah, yeah. starts every word of capital sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capital a capital letter. sentence. <laughs> capital yes. sentence. Uh, a capital yes. city. Yeah, capital punishment for him. <laughs> yeah. um, Christ. <laughs> Don't you tell I know, me I know it rubbed stories. one out for two pigeons, <laughs> but bloody hell. <laughs> There's an image. Why is the Rugby World Cup run by Mark Dirt Smith's dad <laughs> and a man who is sexually turned off by pigeons? <laughs> How did we get this far? Why, this is, why did we not call the tournament, this, tournament off just before it started? This is why it took so long for it to happen. <laughs> Like, why did he why have to declare this, it open? This is... Well, you didn't want his curtains to be open, did you? Yeah, Just in case true. he saw them on the 16th floor. <laughs> um, this is why it took so long. They kept pitching the World Cup in the 60s, and it wouldn't happen because the only people who would organise it were too busy wanking over <laughs> pigeons, and they had to get them away from Trafalgar Square long enough <laughs> for them to get the plans together to start the World Cup. That's why they had to take place in New Zealand. It's true. Had to be fewer pigeons. Two white pigeons was was what he ordered to his hotel room on the sixteenth floor. Also, I'm sure that I'm sure that he saw the one on like the fifteenth floor, or the fourteenth floor. He definitely and he did. Went, he just thought I can get away with that. Yeah, a couple yeah of exactly. He definitely went down to reception and said, "Excuse me, how many floors have we got here?" Or he went into the lift and yeah. just checked how many <clears throat> floors there were. You know, I want to go to that hotel. And look out the window and see if you can see the 16th. If we have any listeners in Auckland who are familiar with what hotel this likely was. But, like, how could you... Because the pigeons are on a rooftop, presumably, right? Yeah. At which point they're on top of the top floor. Yeah. So is how is he seeing that from his window? From the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what he specified. So it's not like he looked up and saw them yeah. on a, a translucent window. Unless I guess they're in several blocks and he's on like the 19th floor, uh, which his thing, block yeah. has. And then there's another sure, block on yeah, the 16th, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Either way, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this this story definitely did not <laughs> happen did in, not the happen. Way, in the way he described it, it. None of this happened. And I doubt it happened that morning as well. I don't doubt he had a wank. <laughs> I absolutely certainly had a wank. That's the bit I, is, I definitely believe that bit. I'm just proud of him for getting it out of the way before he got to the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> because you're surrounded by so many lovely children. Children so young. Uh, so, so young. <laughs> so, <laughs> the president of the Rugby World Cup United, LTD, who is sexually turned on by pigeons. Yes. Um, how does he continue his speech? Be picked up and carried, as has been the match ball by more seasoned performers as the tournament gathers momentum. What does that mean? In their safe hands lies the future of our great game. The best and strongest expression of that refreshing spirit 
called amateurism, <laughs> embodying the will to strive for perfection because oh, you believe in something. Now. That is still the most potent force for good in this world. Amateurism is the most potent force for good in this world and will last eight years. He doesn't know what amateurism is. Like, he's picked the wrong word out there, surely. No, he he, he knows what he means. Right. He's really clinging to that rugby's an amateur game at that point. Okay, you know? okay. Like, that was... Because that's such a thing in rugby history. Is like, rugby kept shooting itself in the foot at this pride for amateurism. Right, Right, okay. and then say... What, the point he's making is that you're not doing it for money, you're doing it because you want to be good at it, or for the love of it, and for the passion of it, and bloody 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 I see, bloody I see, bloody I see. Bloody. Which, of course, nowadays we see no love or passion in rugby. Yeah. Um, and everyone is doing it purely for the money. Yeah, yeah. Um... Even that's amateur why, players. That's why the intensity it. of the Rugby World Cup has gone down massively. Yeah. And that's why it feels like so much less of an event now because we no longer have the most potent force for good in the world yeah, on yeah, our yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And instead they've got money. Bloody money. Bloody Coca-Cola paying them. Yeah. They, they've got bloody dollar bills yeah. everywhere. Bloody sponsors. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bloody Squarespace. Hey, uh, oh, uh, uh, do you want to do hear my, um, my uh, impression of um, Brett Gosper, uh, please. Who, uh, ca- casuals everything around me. <laughs> That's my impression. So I think that it is an absolutely disgusting precedent that Woodrow be go on to set themselves eight years later. Do you want? Do you want to two World Cups? And I think this would be a perfect time to have a word from our sponsors from Acast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, next, uh, do, do you want to uh, hear my impression of Bill Beaumont? Please. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. He does sound an awful lot like that. Yeah. Dollar, dollar bill, Beaumont, y'all. Nice. The, from Henceforth, he is known as Dollar Bill Beaumont. <laughs> yes. That's that's his full name, uh, because he's rich. Yeah. Um, so he was named after the dollar bill, and he, famously he's he uses that currency as well uh, as an English man. Yeah. Um, but you know, dollars do make rugby world go round, y'all. They absolutely, most certainly do. Should yeah. we finish this guy's speech? Yes, we should. Uh, there's not long left of it. That's for certain. Thank God. Thank you to the New Zealand and across the Tasman, the Australian Rugby Football Unions, 
Thank you to the Auckland Union hey, Auckland. and all other unions. Represent. Thank you in particular to all these individuals, Pigeons. from President right through to the equally important punter, who have worked so mightily to bring this worthwhile dream into reality. I love how he expresses. He really makes a point to stress the importance of human beings and he, the hierarchy yes. of being equal. He yeah. also says punter. Yeah, of course, that's yeah. Way. Now the rest of us, dignitaries like Sir David Beatty, sponsors who have provided bloody sponsors, money, muscle, ruining this amateurism, the most potent force for good in the world. Uh, the dollar strikes again. To enjoy our feast, it is a happy accident. Of the draw that matched against the sustained power of the All Blacks, there should be in this inaugural match Italy, a bright and emerging rugby nation. That is what our game is all about. I have the greatest pleasure in declaring the 1987 World Cup tournament for the Webb Ellis Cup officially. Open. I love that he finds the longest possible way to say the Rugby World Cup starts. He's just trying to delay it. And you yeah. know what? After the whole pigeon fiasco, I'm pretty glad of that. Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, I was kind of like, well, I kind of don't want it to start now. I shouted it over it, but he does say thank you to all the unions, uh, notably to none of the leagues. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, fair play, you know, shouting them out and uh, yeah. doing hey, everyone else he's, dirty. He's a socialist. He hey. wants to shout out to all the unions. And hey, watch rugby values, but that. It was, that speech is, it makes a really, really hard turn from I'm wanking over a pigeon <laughs> to rugby values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I, uh, I don't know what's more rugby union than that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But... That is a rugby value. Yeah. Do you not see it plastered on the walls of every rugby clubhouse? That's why um, love for pigeons. Have you ever been to Saracens Ground? Uh, uh, no, not yet. Park. Not no, yet. No, no, no. So Alliance Park. If you ever walk in, they've got the Saracens core values written up in okay. massive letters. Yeah, yeah. And like they're all, all now the clubs do really, really. Yeah, but they're like plastered everywhere. And they've got their photos like Owen Farrell and Elliot Daly and yeah, so on. Yeah, sure, sure. Them. And they're all now deeply ironic after the whole cheating scandal, right? Right. So yeah, like yeah. it says like integrity, uh, honesty, yeah. respect, money, uh, paying your bills yeah. properly, declaring your taxes, yeah. um, wanking over pigeons. The big dollar. There's a big picture of Billy Vanapola under that. Yeah. Um, dollar Billy Vanapola. And thank you. <laughs> A uh, big picture of Dollar Billy Vanapola. Yeah, big picture um, of Method Man. And and P Money. P Money is there. And now with all of the others, right? With like the picture of Owen Farrell under integrity, they just need to have him looking and being honest, you know. And like that's quite yeah, easy to do. Yeah. Elliot Daly under honesty, right? Like he's just got to not be lying in the photo. You yeah, know, sure, fine, sure, you sure. You know, on paying your taxes, they have a big picture of Mario Otoje doing his tax return, right? Yeah, and Mario yeah. is a very responsible guy, you know. But, you know, yeah, yeah. It's also... And with the whole honesty thing, the great thing is. They leave a picture of uh, Mara Toji's bank card in there with yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the numbers and you can visible, see it. You can is, see it, which is great. Yeah, and like, like and it's a really nice card. So I, show both sides. Yeah, like I have personally now taken the entire money he got for being the new face of M and S. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. now money that's just gone to me thanks yeah. to his honesty. Yeah, uh, his bank card. It's really good. Um, just, um, 
full disclosure is a good yeah, value, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Disclosure's on there as well. You know, yeah, there's big picture of Jackson Ray. The, um, the electronic group disclosure. Yes, there's big yeah. picture of Jackson Ray posing with them. Yeah. You know, there's just all of the rugby values up there and I've got a big picture of each Saracens player yeah. showing them. But I didn't expect... I think when they went around choosing them, Billy Vanipola drew the short straw because they do have, and I was not expecting this to be so graphic, a big picture of him wanking over a pigeon. <laughs> And the worst thing is, right, you know those things you have at the beach where, like, you can stick your head through and be like, oh, look at me, I've got boobs, oh, yeah, look at me, I'm a pirate. Yeah, yeah. They've got one of those where you can stick your head through and be the pigeon. Yeah, yeah. So um, I watched families explain to their, try to explain to their children what Billy Venipola was doing. It's like, oh, he's playing a musical <laughs> instrument. Oh, he's just having, an, he's just, just relaxing. Just playing with his big he's old just... dick. <laughs> They also said that. Yeah. Um, do you remember when Billy Vinopola defended Israel Folau? Um, oh, yeah. And in the post, he said, I've done all of the things that Israel Folau says in that post. You know, that says the sins. Um, Including wanking like, over pigeons. Yeah, exactly. Because Israel Folau famously I'm being scared of spiders. Big gay ants and yes. wanking over pigeons. Yeah. And literally nothing else. He's a very wholesome the, the, man. The, the thing is, the, the, the thing well, you forgot it, to mention about that picture of Billy Vinopola. Yeah, he's really fucking rich, bro. He's really into he's it. got loads of money in that picture. But he's... no, the, we're moving past. Get him paid. We're moving past the point, which is Israel Folau. To look at pigeons. We're Israel Folau, right? Yeah. Who, of course, famously fired Remember by the Australian the Rugby Union for the fact that he personally didn't like wanking over pigeons. Yeah, yeah. And that was the sole reason he was fired. Yeah. According to him, yeah. he didn't like wanking over pigeons. He thought it was wrong to do. It's yeah. a core part of Rugby Australia's policies. Yeah. Um, but you have and... to do that to yeah. be in the Australia team. You have to. Exactly. But who can blame him? You know, because yeah. he was quoting... I believe they did it in training. He was quoting stuff. the Bible verse, Thou shall not wank over a pigeon. Yeah. And Israel Folau just got really, really annoyed with this. Uh, and then he decided to become a homophobic cunt as a result. <laughs> Also, just I just I haven't called Israel Flower cunt in a while. It's yeah, satisfying to do. Sorry. The, uh, um, so, pigeons are a funny concept, aren't they? <laughs> is this how late it is? We're recording this very late at night. Oh yeah, it's half one in the morning, and I'm not even joking. <laughs> Could you not tell by the fact that you went pigeons are a funny concept? Yeah. Aren't they? Just you know, just find pigeons funny. They, they look at you funny, and that like <laughs> just a dumb little bird who likes bread. Yeah, exactly. And like they just walk around and just peck the floor and shit, and just be there like, yeah, this is like, this is my territory. <laughs> Until you walk up to them and they're just like, yeah, see ya. Sounds a lot with scrum halves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. But I remember once seeing a, a tweet that just says, "I wonder if I've ever seen the same pigeon twice," and yeah. I've just not stopped thinking yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, like, I could have seen the same pigeon in two different counties. You know. Like, Pigeon has no idea that he's from Derby, you know? Like, no. when you see one on the street. No. Oh, it's like at the Olympics, when I was watching some of <laughs> the... the flags. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was watching, like, some equestrian stuff at the Olympics yeah. this year. Uh, and it was mad to go, like, huh, that horse is from Taiwan. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And again, like, the the, the dog who didn't know he was at the World Cup, He was at the opening yeah. ceremony. Exactly. Maybe, oh, maybe yeah. Maybe the brass band. Maybe like, the brass band brought in the dog. Sm- smuggled in the dog. Could be it. Or the president of Rugby World Cup Limited. Maybe he brought... Maybe it's his dog. Maybe it's his dog. Maybe it's his dog. Yeah. Let's explain how he got past security, which is clearly I've also just realised, seeing as we've done an episode on this, it's another opportunity to give him man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So we have now... I think this is time. I think we have to move on to a man of the match and dick of the day of the yeah, ceremony. Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. I've not actually thought this far ahead. Me neither. But... Uh, I think we should definitely do one. So, 
let's think. Should we start with Man of the Match? Yep. So, I mean, I think, right, if we're to be honest, right, there's one impressive performance over this whole... Well, no, there's two. There's two, right? There's two performers, I think, in the running. One is the Canadian skydiver. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who gets pretty close to target, does a pretty good job. Sure, yeah, it does very well. But my man of the match... There's also a dick of the day contention, though, for hogging all the hogging space. Hogging all the space, that, but that's fine. But yeah. Um, but then we also have the cheerleaders dancing to the final countdown, who are the finest performers of the day. And I think, yeah. to me, the Kiwi cheerleaders who dance to the final countdown join Grant Fox on my nominations for man of the match. Sure, sure. Uh, so, for me, my man of the match... I mean... It's a pretty good performance from Jock Hobbs in the studio, you know, answering some really dodgy questions such as, do you think Grant Fox is better than Frano Bottica? Which he deflects pretty well to kind of go, yes. So, you know, I I mean, Jock Hobbs is definitely up there. But I've got to say that my my personal man of the match has to be the Argentine skydiver. Because it was a brilliant performance by him. Dick of the day. Well, I mean, the Argentine skydiver, you know, for looking very angry. Um, Which... Frankly, I don't think it was a problem. The second brass band for okay, yeah, making me question every life decision I made up until this point, sure. in contention. The fact that they brought out a Great Britain, a Union Jack flag, instead of an English flag. Yeah, that's questionable, isn't it? Uh, whoever's responsible for that is in contention. Yeah. Uh, the girl who failed a forward roll. Yeah. Bowden Wacker. Um, Bowden Wacker? <laughs> yes. Future uh, New England yeah. Free Jack. Um, yeah, future New England free jack fullback. Fair enough, dick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Wacker Nathan. But ultimately, I think it's hard to look beyond a man who wanged over a pigeon that morning and then got up and told millions sure. of people about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely in contention for me. You yeah. Know, the fact that he, whatever the hell that speech is meant to be. Of course, you know. Billy Vanipola's big old dick is uh, swinging about the place, so that's that's a that's a temptation, Thanks, mate. But my my dick of the day, and you will understand this as mm. soon as I say it. It has to be the Exorcist. Oh man, okay, okay. The Exorcist isn't the problem. It's the de- the devil is the problem. In oh, the that's Exorcist. true. Actually, yeah, you know what? The devil's dick the of the devil. day. Sure, the devil's sure. dick of the day. Okay, that's it's hard to argue about all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the devil's the dick of the day. Yeah, yeah. not bloody uh, Maximum Sidow himself. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I've clearly, if I had, I think I've seen The Exorcist, but clearly I've forgotten about it. But sure, Satan is my dick of the day. Fair enough. Really, if we're allowing Satan to be nominated, Ant Fingers suddenly got some competition. That's true. It's very true. It could be, you know, a, t- a toss-up of the dog from Man of the Match and Ant Finger for the dick of the day, you know. So. I think that brings us finally to an end. I thought this was going to be a short one. I thought it was going to be minutes. I thought it would be maybe half an hour, 40 minutes at max. We've we've dragged this out. This is longer than the ceremony itself. Yeah. 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 Considerably longer. Okay. Thank you for listening to that. Yeah. Um, Please join us next time when we'll be covering Romania against Zimbabwe. By the way, yeah. So this sort of podcast is chatting shit about stuff like this we will be do- we've teased it before but mm. we will be doing some sort of patreon content for this that's the on, idea on the yeah. squid rugby patreon at some point soon the... uh, we promised this in past but we will actually do it we've actually got plans in, pa- yeah, in yeah. place to do this so yeah the plan is to pick this up after the autumn internationals yes and do more like this so this is sort of a teaser and there'll be plenty more of these kind of things to come yeah absolutely um so that's coming in the future uh, yeah. coming more immediately we have remaining at zimbabwe yeah which we have recorded that is done 
that is in the bag. Yeah. Uh, that'll be with you very soon. Yes. And then beyond that, we have plenty more games. We have England, Australia. We have Scotland, France. Then after that, you know, there's yeah. like bigger games. Yeah. Uh, but do they come any better than remaining against Zimbabwe? I'm not sure. That we can find out for certain by tuning in then or checking the playlist i've been doing on youtube if you want to search for uncle boom me who can recall past world cups oh, i tweeted the link the other day you know yeah. there's plenty of ways to find it just google world cup games and you from 87 and you'll find them thank you very much for listening thank you for putting up with that <laughs> thank you mr owen for thanks man seeing that thanks uh, to rob for joining us mr. will Skylar, will you keep listening uh i mean i will because i'm gonna edit this <laughs> yeah unlucky sorry about that yeah thank you very much i'm to... gonna edit everything out if that's okay <laughs> none of none of this is gonna go out thank you to rob skydiverman for coming in to join us yeah. thank you to p money for being here as ever yeah um and, and always... we will see you next soon for <laughs> <laughs> very good the time is one thirty-five a.m bye yeah goodbye see ya Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.